0: Blog Talk Radio, broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artists: TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport. The Falcons and Clark Atlanta University. This is the Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host. Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Bright Side with Technisha. And if you're listening to the replay, hey, make sure you get your mother, your father, everyone else on this show, because today it's all about the fathers. It's not Father's Day, but it doesn't hurt to talk a little bit about you guys, because we need to give recognition to the fathers out here who are landing down, doing their job, single or together in the household, but just been a huge part of your children's life. That's what we're going to be talking about today. And, of course, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, so spend the day wisely. Enjoy that time. Every day should be Valentine's Day, if you have the right person in your life. It shouldn't just be accountable for one day, right? But here with me today to talk about celebrating that spiritual daily lives life and educating others is Jennifer Jordan. She is a California-based author, and she has the passion for just honoring you fathers out here. She has worked as a writer and teacher, and she holds a master's degree in education school counseling, and is a huge advocate of equal parenting for dads. She has spent many years searching for and interviewing the fathers of her book called Dadly Wisdom. She now offers their powerful stories in this transformative book of love, joy and inspiration. Make sure you tune in and listen up. Do call in at three four seven four two six three seven five one. This is just for you and moms as well. Jennifer, thank you for being on the show and taking out your time of your busy schedule to be here with us.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be
0: here. <laughs> oh, me too. And I like I told it's not even Father's Day, but it's always good to honor the fathers, you know. We need a little bit more of that, recognizing them for what they actually do because we, we hear so much negativity. We always down them, oh, he's not doing this part, my child. We talk about him so badly. But we need to uplift the ones who are actually doing something now.
1: Yeah, because what I learned from doing my book is actually there's more doing good who – And As opposed to not doing good, I just think that the negative just gets
0: more um, publicity. Right. Because people live, I think so, because people live off negativity. That's where our world lives off of. No no one does the positive. Even when you, you probably know for yourself, when you go on Facebook, we uplift the the fight videos. We do all that. But when it's something positive, kind of turn the cheek the other way. So this is the day, and we're doing it early Um. So Jennifer, right. What actually, right. Jennifer, what actually got you into writing this? What got what caused your interest in wanting to focus on fathers?
1: Sure. Well it actually started way back in um nineteen ninety eight and my mother had passed away suddenly from cancer and um and out of that experience um I then got to know my dad in a whole different way. Um because there was just my dad, my brother and I and so we got closer and Um, And I just came to really appreciate his wisdom as a father and in a whole different way than I had ever seen before growing up. And so I was already a writer. I mostly write children's stories actually. And, um, and so about a year and a half into that um, process of after my mom passed away, I just got inspired and I just decided I wanted to write a book to celebrate (laughs) dad. So, um, and I wanted to celebrate wise fathers. And and so I just started asking people for referrals of dads they knew who were really good dads. And um, like you were saying, you know, the people who were actually, you know, uh, living up to their commitment um, to be a responsible dad. And, and I didn't want to just interview fathers locally. Um, I really wanted more of a global voice of fatherhood. So I interviewed fathers locally and in some other states and other countries about their lives and their wisdom and, <clears throat> excuse me, I interviewed about 100 fathers um, and then I chose 52 of them um, to put in the book. So again, it's like mostly what I heard was stories of fathers really being amazing dads and um, and I just felt like there wasn't much attention, you know, given to them, that more of it was directed, you know, to moms and hearing about moms. But I didn't feel like there was much, you know, attention given to the really great dads. And it just almost became like a spiritual mission. I just felt like, okay, I want to be um, like the voice of a daughter saying, I had a really great dad and there's a lot of other really great dads, you know, for people to really... um, You know, acknowledge that and see, here's actually what's going on. (laughs) There's a lot more good, um, you know, than people realize.
0: There are. There's some fathers out here who put their hard time into it, and I'm glad that you're actually doing that for them. So kudos to you, Jennifer. How did you come up with You're so welcome. How did you come up with the idea (laughs) for the title and the subtitle? Well...
1: Um, I first actually self-published a book over the summer called Father's Wisdom, and then um, I ended up meeting another author who had written a lot of um, parenting books and other books about fathers, and he branded the term Dadly, D-A-D-L-Y, and then his publishing company ended up picking up the book, so now it's getting published as Dadly Wisdom, And, um, and then again, I just felt like, you know, that to bring out the true faces of fatherhood to show that this is really what's happening and that there's a lot of fathers who like, just like my father didn't really say a whole lot, but are really, you know, doing so much. And the fathers, um, I mean, they opened up to me so much and I mean, I had like one of my interviews lasted four hours and I just felt like nobody, um, you know, ever ask them about how they felt or about their wisdom, so um so that's where I felt like they were untold stories because mostly i like I said, I don't even think anybody had even asked these dads like how do you feel about it, dad? you know what are your joys, what are your challenges, and they would completely open up and and um, and so that's where I feel like you know these are stories that people really don't know that much about, um but they're more prevalent than um. Than even than I certainly ever knew.
0: <laughs> as, exactly. Um, was it any hard parts? To, were there any hard parts for you just writing this book, or, or was it simple part?
1: Oh gosh, um, I mean, certainly there were hard parts. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the fathers, you know, I didn't know, and I would just get an intuitive thought about. Oh, I think I'd like a father to represent x y z so I would make a cold call and, and I mean I felt nervous doing that for instance um one of the um one of the fathers uh well, I decided I wanted to have a father in the book who represented um the paleo style of eating, which is more um it's like uh before. The agriculture started, so it's more, um, you know, whole foods that kind of stuff. And there's a magazine called Paleo Magazine, and that's it's how I eat. And I thought I want a Paleo Dad, and so I didn't know anybody, so I had my magazine and I started looking through the magazine to see if there might be somebody that, um, you know, I could maybe call to see if they'd be in the in the in the um, book. And then I thought, well, what the heck? I'm just gonna call, I'm just gonna email the editor in chief. So I felt nervous doing that kind of thing. And then um, I got an email reply back in about five minutes that he would be, you know, that he would do the interview. So, um, and I had other things where I would get really nervous, like I interviewed the congressman for my area. I interviewed the superintendent of um, Long Beach Unified School District, and that's the third largest district in California. So, I mean, those people are really prominent, and, and so I would feel nervous. So that certainly was you know, challenging for me. And then also every father had to approve their draft. So after I would write it up, I would send it to the father, and then they would need to let me know if they wanted any changes. So I always got nervous in that process because I was hoping that the fathers would like what I had written. And, you know, sometimes, like, I remember this one father, he sent it back to me, and it was filled with red about all these changes he wanted. I was like, Oh no. And, um, you know, so I made the revisions, um, you know, until it was, you know, the way that he, um, you know, felt best about it. So that part, I mean, that was hard. And, and I think also just managing the magnitude of what I was dealing with, because I mean, I wasn't just dealing with local people. I was, um, you know, interacting with people in these other countries and, you know, trying to manage like interviews and everything with all these time time zone changes and
0: and um,
1: and just I mean, just the mass of notes that I had. I mean, from doing so many interviews and I mean, if you had seen my coffee table, it just you know, I mean, I just had like piles of these interviews, and so that was hard. And then um, and then I you know, realizing I couldn't put them all in the book, and so having to choose was hard, and I just tried to choose people whose stories were different, and and even with the interviews, I'd have to cut down, you know, like I gave that example of the father I spoke with for four hours, and I had, you know, when I first wrote his draft, it was super long, and I couldn't have everybody yeah. be that long, so also having to make those decisions, you know, was hard, and, um, but... I mean, but what I can say on the flip side is that this book was life changing for me and I don't regret anything. So in spite of the hard parts, it was so much more worth it for me, you know, to go through those times of, you know, feeling overwhelmed, um, you know, feeling really nervous because I just felt like, I just felt like I just was doing the right thing and that, you know, right. that it would work out. Um And just even being patient was hard for me. I'm not, um, that's not one of my best um, traits, although I got more patient doing this book. But um, the fathers also had to sign release forms, um, you know, for me to use their story. and, And for some fathers, you know, who are super busy, it was very difficult to get those back. Like one of the fathers, a father from Chile, he travels a lot internationally for work. And I think it took about eight months you know, before I got his release form back. So just things wow. like that, you know, I would just have to wait, you know, to get all those, you know, administrative, you know, things so that everything was, um, right. you know, correct for the publishing and so all those kinds of things. So, um, I mean, still, if you could see my coffee table, it still has like a large pile of the current fathers that are in the book because sometimes I refer to them you know, I want to refer to my notes for different things. And um, so I just keep, I just kind of there and I just accept like, okay, you know, this is part of it. Because also the fathers really became kind of a family for me. So I still interact with, you know, quite a few of them. And, um, and so, and that was like something that came out of it. I never, you know, I never expected that at all. I just I was just kind of a daughter who felt like, I want to write something to celebrate dads, and it's almost like the project just took on a life of its own, and it's still continuing.
0: Now, see, that's a good thing, and I was just going to say that when you were talking about, you know, some of the issues that you had with it, but it seemed to turn out to be a pretty good book, but, you know, there are complications with it, and you do have to get them sign release forms because I had to do it when I was in college and I was working with a television station. We had to make sure people sign release forms before we put them on the Internet. It's like, yeah, so all that goes hand in hand, but it feels so good when it's accomplished. And you know who else I, I admire um, That under in the Fathers? is Pantene Commercials. They've been uh-huh. grass a lot of football stars for it's um, strong is beautiful and I love it. You got uh, Benjamin Watson from the New Orleans Saints, D'Angelo Williams from the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jason Witten from the Dallas Cowboys. And it really has been a great honor. I love it that we're not just focusing on just Father's Day. Every day is Mother's Day, every day is Father's Day because parents who actually get out there working their butts off doing what they have to do to stand by their children. Now but you, Jennifer, now, I know I lost my father when I was seven, so I didn't get as much time to spend yeah. with him but he was right well, he was in my life. he passed um from a heart attack. but how oh, was wow. your life experiences growing up for you? Uh,
1: let's see um well, growing up, I would say that my dad and I connected most um probably through sports, so um he was uh really into like volleyball and tennis. So he taught me how to play those um, different, you know, sports. So we would play those, you know, a lot together. Um, I would go to the beach with him. Um, and then as I got older, we had more interest in common. Like I really loved plays and the theater and art, and my dad did too. And we would go to some of those things together. Um, and too, as I got older, um, you know, wasn't living at home anymore, we would still have regular meetings. Like we used to get together um, like once a week for breakfast and, um, and do that kind of thing. And so that was mostly how we connected. And, um, and I mean, I, I love my dad. My dad was a teacher. He was a coach. He was a counselor. So, um, and I remember like just being out in the, in the community and, and, you know, so many people knew him because he taught for so long and it'd be like, you know, hi coach and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, So, uh, but, and then he'd also help me with my homework, and whenever I had, you know, an activity, he would show up, and growing up, I really, I didn't, I must admit, I really didn't appreciate it that much, I just kind of took it for granted, because I thought that's what dads do, Um, but then I later realized that that's not what all dads do, they don't all, um, you know, go to, you know, watch their kids, and, and things like that, so, he really, he really did that, and um, and he didn't always say a lot, so that's where sometimes I didn't know, you know, how does he really feel about me? Um, and right. So that's where it wasn't until, you know, as I got older, um, you know, that we would, um, you know, hug more and, um, you you know, do those, you know, do those kind of things, and so that's where after my mom passed away, um, it's almost like he became I don't mean feminine but almost like a a little more vulnerable in a way and um and so that's where I saw like a deeper inner side of my dad and right. um you know I I think so I probably saw him more as a person as opposed to just be my dad and um and then uh and then and I mean we had conflicts too. I mean certainly you know, we had struggles. Times I'd feel really angry or, you know, really hurt and and sometimes I might have to take a little time out before I could talk to my dad again and you know, but eventually, you know, we would talk again and you know, talk about it and um you know, to move on and my dad has now passed away. He passed away about um five years ago and so, um, although he was alive when I started the book, he wasn't, you know, uh, alive now that it's being published. And so, um, I mean, certainly I feel really sad about that and I, you know, I just have to trust in a spiritual sense that, you know, he knows, he knows that, um, you know, the book is being done now and, you know, he was my inspiration and, and, um, so, I don't know, the book has a lot of meaning for me, too, because it just kind of, like, represents, okay, Dad, this is part of your legacy, you know, for me, that he's
0: so impacted me,
1: you know, that I wanted to celebrate other dads, too.
0: Right, and, you know, it took me a little bit because most fathers are like that. They don't show the other side of themselves. They like to be hardcore. I tell them to hear some of my girlfriends say, Oh, my dad did this or he did that. You don't find it. Now, my stepfather, he would actually, when my mother brought another man to her life, he would do actually do my hair. But, you know. Oh, wow. I, I yeah. <laughs> he sent me to school. My hair done. Um, even my husband, my husband, he has done my uh, girl's hair a few times, so it's always good to see that. That's why when I look at the Pantene commercials, I actually smile when I see the father trying to do his daughter's hair, and I'm like, this is so awesome, and you know, you said more of that. I love <laughs> it. fun, and we need that. We got to uplift, and I'm, like I said, and I'm going to say it again, I'm just so glad, Jennifer, you brought out a book where it's doing that for all races, anybody out there, no matter what, ethnicity. Um, So, um, Jennifer, I guess I mean, when when you felt that yes, what was your happiest probably that happiest moment when you felt yes, this is this is worth it, this is the time now. Gosh.
1: <clears throat> I mean now that I, you know, look back on this whole process, um, I mean there were so many. Um I think one of the things that was so neat was after the book First got published in the summer, um, and I wanted to give a book, you know, to the different dads in the in the um, in the book, and so I would drive around uh, like the ones who were local um, as as much as possible. I drove around and I would deliver the book, and they would be so excited, and um, I mean, I just can't tell you how much you know that would mean to me. I just felt like I was Santa every time. And, um, so because until they actually saw the book, there's a sense of like, is this really going to happen? And, um, and so that was really special. And, and I think too, um, when the men opened up to me with really tender stories, um, I mean that, I, I will tell you that from almost every single interview, I left crying because I was so touched and I was so moved by what the father had shared and, um, like I remember like this would be another example of where I just felt in my heart, oh, this is the right thing um it was a father I had interviewed um from Afghanistan who now lives here in California and he um actually runs a pancake um a pancake restaurant um uh called ihop and and um anyways, he was telling me how when his um one of his daughters was. A baby that she would have trouble falling asleep sometimes, so he would put her on his chest so he could, so she could, um, you know, feel his heartbeat. And then she said, he said, you know, he would, she would fall asleep right away. And so we, he, I interviewed him at his restaurant in a booth. We're sitting in a booth, and so what he did was he curled up on the um, on his seat of the booth. <laughs> he curled up just like he did. When he you know would hold his daughter, and he would show me how he would hold his daughter, I mean it was just so sweet and it was so precious and um and I mean this had been, and I mean he also was like a manly man i mean he had um uh he had actually when he first came to the u s he was hired by the c i a you know to help with the um stuff that was going on in afghanistan and and um so again, to see some of these men who you know, could be, you know, really powerful and then just kind of melt, you know, when they would talk about their kids. And um, I'll give you one other example. Um, I interviewed, uh, he was the head of the, um, it's called the Long Beach Schools Federal Credit Union and the huge credit union, I mean, for, again, all the educators in this area. And and so when I went to interview him, this is another one I was really nervous about um, It was like the top floor of this huge building and, you know, I was brought into this, um, you know, huge like room with one of those large conference tables and nothing on the tables and and then, um, you know, I was sitting across from him and then he went and got three frames of his three kids and he set up the little frames on the table so that I could see them. I mean, it was just so sweet. It was just things like that where I, like I said, I would just melt. I would so, oh my gosh. These dads, you know, Aww. so love their kids. And, I mean, right. it was just those precious. There were so many precious moments. I mean, dads um, sending me, like, photos. I mean, I had dads even sending me cards, like, wishing me well. I had dads, like, calling me, you know, to wish me happy
0: Thanksgiving. I mean, just
1: I mean, just stuff like that. It was like, oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, and, no, right. Um, oh, that makes it worthwhile. It does. <laughs>
1: So, um, so all those things I mean, like I said my I mean my I'm forever changed, you know by it, and um so uh, yeah, and I think too, just just knowing that I was giving fathers a voice, and um, like one of the fathers I interviewed in Colorado was a gay dad, and I really felt it was important to include a gay father and oh, um sorry. and so um. Anyways, uh, you know, so he shared. And then after, um, you know, I sent him the book and everything, you know, he emailed me back. He was so appreciative of being included. And then for the new version, Dadly Wisdom, um, I also Mm -hmm. sent out an email to dads asking for photos um, because we were going to put photos of dads on the cover. And um, I think we find we're able to get about 22 of the photos on. And couldn't get everybody, got, but got about that many. And he was one of the um, fathers, and his photos um, on the cover. And um, and again, he you know emailed me back, and he was so excited. He's like, "Thank you so much for this opportunity." And and then when I would get these photos and see you know the dads, because I didn't know all the dads, because again, some of them were in these you know far locales, and so I didn't know what they looked like. And so just knowing that it was something also to you know like i said when he was so appreciative um uh you know that i could again you know just bring joy to the dad i mean that made it that made it all worth it that made it all completely worth it it's just that feeling of just from my heart i felt like i wanted to do this and knowing that that brought joy you know to others that hopefully they could feel celebrated um i mean that's like the
0: best feeling in the world that yeah, it is it uh, almost it does. It brings, it, it, it's emotional right now. It really brings tears for anybody out here who's listening. For the ones <laughs> who never had a father, don't even know what that feels like, you know, this is a moment for them to probably get that feeling, you know, oh, boy, this is a very touching, it is a touching moment, and, you know, I'm sure your father is very proud of you right now, even though you lost him, his words still lives on in you and and it seems like you're always being so tenacious and you know you're continuing to help other students book how did you a hogan is that um how did you a hogan end up meeting up?
1: well, it happened where um I was actually um asked to speak at a store in a uh, long Beach that um carries um like products made by local artists, so um, not just art stuff, but also books, um, you know, that kind of thing, and there was mm-hmm. another author who had also written a book on fathers, and he was having an event there, and so he knew I had written my book about dads, so I was invited to speak, and Hogan was invited to speak, so it was there um, that I met Hogan, and um, and that opened up a whole new relationship. Um, so again, he enter, ended up introducing me to the company which had published his book. They decided to pick up mine. And um, and now uh, Hogan is planning to have them. They're called um, dadly rallies where he wants to have um, like going to be a big um, celebration for dads to get together for support, encouragement, education. And he's hoping to have them throughout the um, country and the first one's actually scheduled for July and um, uh, it's going to be in um, in a a big conference center at Cal Poly Pomona here in Southern California and so now I'm also going to be involved in that. I'm going to be one of the speakers, again, to give like a female perspective Um, and so I remember that night before I went, I was really tired that day from work and everything and I thought, oh gosh. You know, should I really go? And and then I just thought, no, I'm going to step up to the plate. So I, you know, did the, you know, the makeup, the hair, got dressed, you know, everything. And then that opened up a whole new area of my life. And um, (laughs) so it was one of those incredible, serendipitous, you know, moments. And now I'm in frequent contact with Hogan, um, probably if not daily, almost daily, you know, with stuff, you know, with the book and, you know, connecting on this whole um, wavelength of, you know, he and I are both, um, you know, in the corner of, you know, wanting to support, you know, dads and show that, yeah, you know, we're, there's a lot of really, really great dads. And, in fact, I mean, uh, again, it was hard to stop interviewing dads because I just kept finding new great dads and then people kept referring me even more and I was like, right. oh, my gosh, thank you. However, I really can't put any more in the book. So at some point, I'm going to do a second book. And, you know, just because, again, I just right. started getting, like, more and more. And and also, Dad started referring dads to me. And so that <laughs> right. also happened, too. So it was like, oh, right. my gosh. And I remember I would tell my friends, well, I'm going to go interview another Dad. And they're like, Jennifer, you have to stop at some point. And then I right. go, you oh, have but he, he said <laughs> you can't. Oh.
0: I know, but Jennifer, I know. Jennifer, you can't have you can't can't a million fathers. It's <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jennifer, so Yeah. Right. Uh, Jennifer's trying to get a million fathers. You, we can't have your book that long now, but, you know, it's I know, amazing. I know, it, So they're finally like, all you all these, just have to stop. I'm like,
1: okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a, and, um, I'd say that's very impressive. And I, I'm I'm sure just listen to every last single one of those stories just opening up because, you know, you got the real deal of it, not one of them coating type stories. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I teach her Spanish and German and all that, you know, trying to be fancy, but get the real deal. Hey, this is on an everyday basis. I wake up in the morning. I have to comb her hair. I also got to pick up breakfast. I have to teach her, you know, especially if you're a single father, you, you have to teach your daughters about life and going through the stages, right. and all that. So, you know, you have to imagine like, whoa, I already have to teach my 10-year-old twin girls that, Jennifer, but imagine a father who has to go through that. You got to teach her about administration, all that, like, oh, my God, like, that's got to be difficult, and vice versa for a woman who has to do that with her son, you have to teach him how right. to uh, use the toilet. So, you know, I, I commend that. my hands go up to that, and that's why I say it. it's incredible to see that you and Hogan are carrying this on. Now you're going to be doing a rally in July, so that is very awesome. I'm on board for that one.
1: Oh, thank you. And, um, you know, I was going to comment, too, when you were saying about people who may not have had, you know, fathers, how this book could impact them, too, and that was part of my hope also, um, you know, that through this book people could almost get, like, some surrogate fathering. Um, because the fathers, they didn't just, it's not a Pollyanna book. I mean, they talk about, you know, the hard things, you know, of being a father. And, and I mean, I've got, you know, uh, fathers who, um, you know, just even recovering like from alcoholism, having to deal with their, you know, own kids, you know, alcoholism, um, you know one of the <clears throat> father's kids had passed away you know from an overdose um i mean people with all you know different you know situations and again really telling you know some of the hard things and you know trying to balance um you know work with school and i mean work with you know raising their kids and, <clears throat> and i remember and this was a superintendent he was he made a comment how um, his son had written a college application essay and it said that even though, you know, he was very proud of his father for all his accomplishments, that he felt sad, you know, that his dad hadn't always been able to be there, you know, for some stuff for him growing up because, you know, he had so much that he had to do for the school district. And then apparently after the superintendent read that, he you know, it it hit him so hard. You know, he felt, you know, of course, really sad. And then he made changes with his work schedule. You know, he, you know, set better boundaries, you know, so that when he could be done, he was done. And then, um, you know, was then able, I mean, he already had a good relationship with his kids, but he was, you know, even able to make, you know, a closer one. So, I mean, to me, so, I mean, that's where in the book the fathers, you know, they share their, you know, vulnerability and their fears about being a dad and not knowing you know, what was going to be the, you know, the right thing or then, you know, doing the right thing for their kids. Um, I mean, one of the fathers, this was my teenage dad and he's 23, but I mean, he Hmm. had found out when he was going to be a teenage dad, he was, I think, being sentenced to prison. So, I mean, he was in prison and, you know, and I mean, so there, I had like the gamut and he became a dad, wholly transformed. Now he works like full time as a graphic designer at a church. <clears throat> I mean, oh, wow. so that's where I was like so, um, you know, just really amazed. But um, but what I was going to say too about, you know, some people not having fathers. I I use full time, and right now I'm substitute teaching because I wanted to be able to focus more on my writing and and um and so sometimes when I sub, depending on the situation, I'll tell them about the book. And I remember a little while ago, oh, I was so sad. I was in an elementary school. And I think they were about fourth or fifth grade, and I was telling them about the book. And, I mean, one of the, you know, little students just said, I wish I had a dad like that. Oh, right. I mean, I felt so sad. I You know, and then I've had other kids say, yeah, you know, they didn't have a dad. And and I remember this one uh, third grader, she just even asked me, <clears throat> what's a father? So, you know, wow. I don't know what her situation was, but, I mean, just a lot of kids who don't have dad don't even really know what that means.
0: You why, know, to have don't, a dad. Why, no, they don't know what and that
1: so that that's. Wh- is. Wow. Yeah, and so that's where I felt, you know, I feel like with this book, I mean, I hope it can, you know, certainly that dads can read it and feel celebrated and even, you know, learn even how to be an even better dad. And then I hope women will read it, you know, just to get more of an aha, like, wow, so this is what men are really thinking. Because I know it opened me up so much. And then again, I hope it can be like, you know, minister to people who either didn't have a father or maybe had a poor relationship, you know, with their father, because certainly that happens as well. And, um, but I think for me, it was just even healing as a woman, as a daughter, for me to read, you know, to learn all these um, stories and to just really hear that, you know, basically the men's actions, even if they don't, you know, speak, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, that it was all for their kids. Everything was all for their kids. And that's something I did not know growing up. I mean, my when my dad was working extra jobs and going to graduate school, I mean, as a child, I'm thinking, gosh, you know, why isn't he home more? I'd rather him be home. And, um, and then, you know, later on, I realized, oh, okay, he's doing this so that my mom can stay at home, you know, for the first of my life, and, you know, he's doing this to give us a high you know, a higher standard of living to give us more opportunities, but I mean, as a child, I certainly had no consciousness of that, but as I got older, I'm like, Wow, you know it was all all for my brother and I, and um, and that's what that was the message I heard from these dads, you know that even if they didn't say it, it was all for their kids, you know everything they were doing, even when they were working really hard, um, you know, going to school or like the superintendent, ultimately, you know, it was, um, you know, to provide in the best way they could, you know, for their kids.
0: Exactly. while, wow. You know, if no one has a book on their shelf, let this be your first item that you need to put <laughs> your money into. I think this should be it to begin and end your day. Because we need to show the future generations ahead that there are some good men out here who are capable of doing what they need to do and will really actually get it done. This is uplifting, and I suggest it for anyone to honor that wisdom that's shared by so many other dads in here. And as I said, you're not just getting American dads. You're getting people who have German um, ethnicity and um, British, all types of fathers, all around the world. And it's one of my affirmations that I say every morning. I help billions around the world. That's exactly what Jennifer K. Jordan is doing. She helping billions around the world. So let this be a gift that you can get early. You can find Jennifer's book at Amazon. And if you're in the California area, you definitely know there are some bookstores out there, too, where you can um, actually pick up her book, um, Made in Long Beach. Um, Apostrophe Books, and Conwood Church Bookstore. So if you're in the California area, you could definitely go there. And as I said, um, it's also available on Amazon. Jennifer, are there any more books in the writing? Uh, Let's see.
1: Well, uh, like I said, I mostly write um, children's stories. So um, what I'm working on right now, yeah, is a a children's book. And um, so that's... Um, and I've written many other children's stories but um but this particular one is something that's really dear to my heart um this doesn't have anything to do with the father's thing, but I personally am recovering from anorexia, and um I used to weigh sixty nine and a half, so like it's a miracle I'm alive and and um but I've worked really hard on my recovery, and so I want to write a children's book um to help um children. And, um, you know, like a healing book for children for anorexia because there's a lot of stuff for teens and adults, but there's nothing for Mm -hmm. children. And right now there are, like, kindergartners who are anorexic. I mean, they've got stories of first, second graders, you know. And so my book is targeted more towards um, uh, about fifth, sixth grade, so upper elementary, beginning of middle school. And um, and so oh, it's kind awesome. of like a fun little story. And then I tell my story. And, um, you know, in a way that I feel like that kids at that age could hear it. Right. But again, as, and then, as an educator, and I've worked in education 30 years, I mean, I've certainly, you know, encountered, a, you know, a lot of kids who are just so, you know, body conscious, whether they're concerned that they're too thin or too big or, you know, too this or too that or not mm-hmm. quite right in some way. So... Um, right now the working title of the book is Body Love because that's really the message I want to, you know, give kids is like, you know, to love your body however it is, you know, whatever size, whatever shape, you know, because I believe that all, you know, healing and growth can just first come from that Life. place, you know, of, of love with oneself and, you know, in a healthy way. So, um, but I'm, you know, my goal is to write like a whole wisdom series and so, um, so right now, you know, I have the book on dads, and this, again, I feel like will be wisdom for kids. And, and again, as an educator, I'm really wanting to speak in the schools about um, I would like to do that about the father's book, about the children's book, and then Hogan and I have also been talking about co-authoring a book for moms about how moms can also really support dads and being, His you know, body. these great dads, because there could be things that moms are doing um, you know, unknowingly that could be sabotaging. You know, the dad. Exactly. Um, you know, potential to really be the great dad that they could be. So um, Hogan and I wise. have been, you know, we've written some stuff, you know, for it already, and so that would be, you know, like another book. So kind of the way I am as a person, as and as a writer, I just, I just try to listen to my intuition and to what I'm called to do. And I just felt like I've been called to do the one on the fathers and I remember even um before I I interviewed two fathers who had survived the Holocaust and and um one of them um uh was from Slovakia and I'd driven up to the Holocaust Museum um in LA to interview him and before I went I was looking for a friend, putting me on you know, on the drive and and um and I remember one of my friends said she wanted to go with me so she could be in support of the mission. And so I think even, you know, my friends really got a sense of, this is like a mission for me. I feel like I'm on some kind of spiritual mission, you know, to celebrate these dads. And and it's the same thing with my book on anorexia. I mean, I feel like for whatever reason, you know, I have survived. And in a spiritual sense, I feel like I've been, you know, um, you know been still given the gift to be alive because I almost died from the anorexia. You know, and so I feel like I've been, you know, Still allowed to live, you know, so I could, you know, because there was still work for me to do, so to speak, you know, like with the the father's book, and then hopefully, you know, with the book, you know, for moms, and you know, this book for children. I mean, things that just really hit my heart, and you know, because that's where I feel like, you know, you know that I can hopefully, you know, make the biggest, you know, impact and. You know, really be a healing you know for us, hopefully for dads between dads and moms and between kids and their dads and and then for you know kids you know dealing you know with body issues and and um and so
0: so anyways, <laughs> that's kind of my journey well it's amazing it's an amazing journey, and with that being in mind, I was thinking of doing a show like that, maybe on fat shaming skinny girls because we think fat shaming just has to be pertained to big people or whatever name you prefer to give them, but it can also be referred to skinny girls too because sometimes we get a lot pressure on us because we're slim. So that would be awesome, and I will probably have you back on just for that, Jennifer, because that, be, that would be great. But I'm like I said, I'm glad you and Hogan are actually doing that. So people, don't forget, if you're in the Los Angeles area coming this July, of this year, Jennifer K. Jordan and Hogan Healing will be doing, um, participating in datley Rally. And that would be great. Um, and and they are also um, will be serving at the Amazing Mall Rally, too. So that would be awesome. And um, Hogan Healing, if you don't remember him, he was a guest on my show. He's, a, he's the author of the Behaving Dadly series. So it's great to have, two great authors on here who are focusing on dads entirely, showing all the love. You know, there's so many ways you could be a father, but I always think just to be that father, there's no perfect father out here, but just doing your best. And like you said, Jennifer, teach your moms how to uplift the fathers as well because we have some when you're co-parenting, you also have to uplift. You can't bad mouth them in front of your children. Oh, he don't do this, You don't do that. Always uplift them in the most High spirit. I was listening to a woman on Facebook. She said she never heard her mom say anything out the way about her father, even if she wasn't with him. And that would be enlightening. Um, Jennifer, I really do appreciate you for coming on to the show today and really sharing this with with this book. And I hope everybody do go out and get it. Please do. Um, Fathers with um Dadly Yeah, deadly with. Daddy's Wisdom is on the bookshelf, people. Please make sure you go out there and get that. That that's, that's a book for everyone. I don't think no one can turn their head away from that. We all know what it's like <laughs> to be with or without a father. So, Jennifer, once again, thank you so much.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me and letting me share about all these wonderful dads.
0: <laughs> oh, you are so welcome. And this message is from my friend Mary Ellen, which is our truth of the day, for Jennifer and any of my listeners out there, a special Valentine's Day truth. All relationships have ups and downs, know when to hold on and when to let go. A good relationship can have a positive impact on your life and a stressful relationship can become so draining that it affects your health. It is a fine line between knowing when to hold on and when to let go or walk away. Every relationship has ups and downs. When there are more downs, for both of you, be honest with yourself and let go. This could be a true act of self-love for yourself and the other person. Today, as you celebrate Valentine's Day, remember, you cannot give love to someone else until you love yourself first. Enjoy the day and have a very happy, fun-filled Valentine's Day tomorrow, everyone. And thank you for tuning in to the Bright Side with Technicia. I'll see you on Monday. Don't let anyone stress your day out. Thank you again, Jennifer, and you have a blessed one as well. Thank you. You too. You're so welcome. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com.